When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good evening and welcome to the show, everyone. Got a bit of NFL news to talk about, but first, let's just uh, dive into what transpired over the last couple of days with the implosion of the European Super League over in, in the world of soccer. And I'll be honest, I did get caught by surprise uh, with this result because you'd swear with the amount of money involved and the folks involved with uh, the ownership of these clubs that all the English Premier League teams, all six of them that were involved in this Super League, you would think, you would think that there would have been some thought process going into handling the PR of the fallout of when this got announced. Because this turned into a situation where the Super League was framed as the rich teams versus the poor teams, and the rich teams are going to try to shaft everyone. And British politicians uh, took exception to that, uh, started stating that they would launch investigations into the clubs. Boris Johnson was very vocal about that, the British prime minister. And these soccer clubs had no actual PR response other than we did not expect the fans to react so negatively to the news. These clubs so completely and utterly failed to read the room. This should have always have been positioned as a Super League was going to happen one way or another, no matter what. Spanish soccer clubs are going to try to take advantage of us. This is our best opportunity to negotiate on the ground floor now. And we are going to work towards being able to invite more English teams to be able to qualify for the Super League in the future. But this is just the ground floor and our attempt to usurp uh, control from FIFA and UEFA. I, I mean, a competent PR firm would have been able to spin that and sell the story internally to make sure that you didn't have the the and I mean. You basically had mass riots. I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and you got folks outside of uh, (laughs) every major soccer stadium. I mean, being at risk of spreading uh, spreading COVID, but, uh, you know, protesting over a soccer league that hasn't even started yet. I I I mean, it, it, it was surreal seeing all these scenes of uh, soccer fans united together in one front. Now, was I in favor of the Super League? No. 
but if you're telling me that uh, uh, FIFA and UEFA are absolved from any responsibility in this, no, they're not either. I mean, this was uh, halves versus other halves. But the fact that these Premier League clubs could not have done a worse messaging job whatsoever with a plan that had billions on the table, billions on the table in terms of uh, revenue from TV packages. So now you pull out of the Super League, you're faced with fines from pulling out of the Super League, you're going to face fines from UEFA uh, for your decision to try to break away from them and slink back uh, to them with your tail between your legs. You got fan fallout of folks canceling uh, season tickets. I mean, this is an unmitigated disaster. Uh, 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 United uh, Manchester United chairman uh, Ed Woodward has finally stepped down. I mean, United has been pretty much mediocre throughout his entire tenure, which is what he should have been fired for. But the fallout from this is people needed heads to roll. And so Woodward took the fall for United, but the Glazer Glazer family basically had their PR team basically say, yeah, we did it, but, you know, we are always going to explore other options. Showing how little they care. Like, they only got mad that they got their hand caught in the cookie jar. Not about the idea itself. But this idea was so poorly executed from just a messaging standpoint that it's clearly obvious that no thought went into the messaging. They just thought people would be happy about the announcement of a Super League. And I gotta, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I, my life goal should have been to work with Sony's professional teams to, uh, to, to handle messaging because, you know, not being able to read the room that this would be received negatively at first. I mean, realistically, the first 48 to 72 hours is always going to be the worst from uh, a reaction standpoint. And then you were always going to face some measure of fans protesting outside. But they handled the first 48 to 72 hours so poorly by having nothing in terms of talking points prepared that it only built the increased resentment. And it turned the Super League uh, idea into uh, something that they could uh, revolt against in a populist-type movement. That's what you saw over the weekend. I mean, it was utterly surreal watching how many people were united against uh, that European Super League idea because they had no talking points whatsoever to defend their decision to break away from UEFA and FIFA, other than we wanted to make more money. That's literally the only things they they discussed. They had no actual talking points about how unfair UEFA and FIFA are, about the scheduling and the impact on players and uh, their their staff and their family. Like, they could have come up with a number of BS excuses to at least address the fact that they wanted more money. We all know they want more money, but you at least have to be able to come up with a cogent argument to disguise the fact that you were angling for more money. And they didn't even bother doing that. So, uh, yeah, the European Super League is basically all but dead. I mean, yes, can the Spanish clubs do it on their own? Kinda, 
but I just don't see it having any legs without the impact of the English uh, clubs in there. I mean, they can reach out to some of the other regions, but the reason why they didn't reach out to them in the first place is they don't have enough drawing power, and the Bundesliga was very much against uh, the Super League idea. Uh, they they were not they were not gonna go to, uh, be down for that. So I really have a tough time seeing the Super League. Uh, survive without the Premier League clubs, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's an ongoing story, but uh, the major blow has been dealt with the English teams literally running back with their tail between the legs because they didn't actually have a plan of executing it beyond announcing that they're going to join a Super League. Unbelievable. But with that being said, uh, want to do a quick preview before the NFL draft tomorrow night. Uh, a lot of talk about quarterbacks uh, in this draft, and I don't really know why, because, you know, everyone knows Trevor Lawrence is going number one to the Jaguars, but I'll be perfectly blunt with everyone listening to this. This is not a great QB draft. I mean, Justin Fields has upside, but he carries a lot of risks, too. I mean, to be honest, Fields from a peripheral standpoint, it's a slightly better version of what Dwayne Haskins was coming out of the draft. And we saw what happened to Dwayne Haskins with the lack of experience and, more importantly, the lack of maturity on the part of Dwayne Haskins. I don't think Fields is that much better than Dwayne Haskins. But all these other QBs getting talked about between Trey Lance, uh, you you got uh, Mac Jones being talked about with the 49 like all these other QBs being talked up. And Zach Wilson, like these QBs are not good. The, the, I'll flat out say these are not top of the uh, first round QBs. These are maybe back end of the first round, second round QB selections being taken this early. I don't understand these NFL teams. Uh, you know, the Jets, the Jets, you know, they made a big stink about drafting Sam Darnold never gave him a, a proper support after drafting him uh after uh after drafting him uh uh after the giants passed on him and and took Saquon Barkley without having an offensive line but you know I'm not we'll, we'll deal with the giants another time um but you know the jets completely botched Sam Darnold they didn't want to pay Sam Darnold his fifth year option so instead when they fell to the number two spot because they won more games than they should have, they decide to trade Sam Darnold. And by trade Sam Darnold, barely get any value for him when trading him to Carolina. And now the Jets are left with the scenario where they have to draft a QB. And undoubtedly, every single one of these QBs will be worse than what they had with Sam Darnold when they originally drafted him. And these teams wonder why they continue to suck. I'll be blunt. The projection for the Jets would be to take either Trey Lance or Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the quarterback from BYU, is a worse version of, I mean, and I keep making the joke about it, but. I'm not gonna. I, I I can't. I can't deny it. Like Taysom Hill is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. 
And Taysom Hill is not an NFL quarterback. He just has to be the guy that Sean Payton is obsessed with in New Orleans. But Zach Wilson basically has the exact same peripherals as uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, could he actually, does he have some arm strength? Yes, but he can't throw these routes. Looking at the tape, I I don't understand what is this obsession with Zach Wilson. It it just does not even remotely come close to being look like an NFL ready QB. And that's the guy you're going to start week one? I, I don't understand these teams. I really don't. If anything, you could have kept, you could have drafted one of these QBs and just had Darnold there as a mentor, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be too awkward." Yeah, you know what's awkward? Get get your butt handed to you for uh, seventeen weeks now, because the NFL season is seventeen weeks, not sixteen. Seventeen weeks. You got seventeen weeks of getting trounced because you have far and away the worst QB in the division from the jump. And you have no shot at competing if you're the Jets. None. Because you have a bunch of other issues, which is why uh, uh, Sam Darnold didn't work out, because you can't protect your QB. Which was the whole point why Sam Darnold didn't work in New York. The offensive line got too old. They never addressed Mangold. I mean, Nick Mangold retired how many years now? Four? The The Jets have not come close to addressing that offensive line even remotely adequately. It's the same issues the Giants have, and they wonder why they stink as uh, teams. But, hey, you know, if that's what they want to do, so be it. But, yes, uh, after the number one pick being Trevor Lawrence, you have the Jets number two, likely to take Zach Wilson, which makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. In the third spot, you have the 49ers, who traded up with the Dolphins. And gave up a bunch of picks to the Dolphins. I I, I still don't understand. <laughs> Again, I mocked this trade, these trades, because I I just don't understand. I really don't understand how these teams are keep trading up for QBs in a weak QB draft. And the thing is, the 49ers traded up. For uh, for three, and the reports are that Kyle Shanahan is in love with Mac Jones. The 49ers were basically tra- uh, trading up uh, a, co- uh, a a couple of third round picks and uh, their first round picks for t- uh, 2022 2023 for a system QB. Mac Jones is a system QB. I'm sorry. A system QB does not go top five in the NFL draft. It just does not happen. I I don't care if Kyle Shanahan is half as good as the NFL guru he is. He can make find a way of making it work with the QBs he's already got. Because all the other QBs he's got are just as good as Mac Jones is right now. And Trey Lance, I, you know, I don't. I again, I I just don't understand. Uh, the Trey Lance f- uh, obsession, but hey, I I get that he's from North Dakota State. You 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 have uh, uh, you can make the comparisons to Josh Allen. He's not nearly as good as Josh Allen was uh, uh, when he play uh, he played uh, uh, and at Montana. 
I mean, you had Carson Wentz who graduated from North Dakota State. You know, folks would say uh, Carson Wentz is done. I I think Carson Wentz just got in a bad way in, in Philadelphia. But, you know, if you're telling me, looking at the tape, that Trey Lance compares to Carson Wentz or Josh Allen, I'm I'm just wondering what tape are we looking at here? Because, again, these NFL QBs have not looked even rem- like the prospects have not looked even remotely close to what we've seen in the c- past couple of years. So again, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like a wet blanket, but you know, these QBs just do not even remotely look close to decent value. And yet still, that's what's all that's being talked about here. So yeah, the 49ers either taking Mac Jones, most likely or Trey Lance, but neither option looks all that great. It, I mean, compared to what they already have with Jimmy G, but uh, Shanahan wants to move on for Garoppolo, and you know he's going to get what he wants. At number four, we got the Falcons, which is an interesting case here because I've been crushing Matt <laughs> Matt Ryan for years about Matt Ryan being done, and that you know you could you could have exchanged him for Matt Stafford and actually be better off. If you were the Falcons, but you know, I just don't see what uh, what they're gonna do here. It it could very well be that they take Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida, even though it makes no sense. Like Atlanta needs uh, to move the trade this pick back. As I said, I don't think there's a true franchise QB in this draft beyond. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I, I think uh, those of you listening to me uh, right now can obviously tell how down I am on the QBs in this draft. Even though there seems to be everyone and their mother seems to be trying to trade up for them, I just don't see the QB here. But you know, outside of uh, you know, you want to take a chance, roll the dice on Justin Fields. I can at least justify that. It being a franchise QB. I can at least justify it being Justin Fields. But Atlanta has so many issues going on uh, needing offensive line help and also Atlanta's defense just being a hot mess top to bottom and needing complete overhaul and influx of talent. They need to trade this pick down. But will it, will they will they trade it down? I don't know. I could easily see Atlanta taking a splashy pick like Pitts at tight end, even though they already have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. And apparently they were listening to trade talks for Julio Jones. If they move Julio, okay, I could see making the trade, uh, uh, I mean, making a pick for uh, Cal Pitts and trading Julio Jones and getting more draft picks to actually shore up the rest of the squad. Okay. Because Kyle Pitts, even though he's a tight end, he, I think he's actually, uh, you can make a case that he's the best wide receiver in the draft. He, he really is someone that can be split out wide, uh, have no problems going up against uh, cornerbacks or safeties and, and catching the ball. I, I think you can make a, an argument that he is the best wide receiver in the draft, even though he's a tight end. All right. At five, you got the Bengals, uh, Jamar Chase pretty much seems to be the lock pick here. Uh, the wide receiver at LSU played with uh, Joe Burrow. 
it just seems as though this is a lock and they need a lot of help. So it it could be that they take chase, but if they don't take chase, it's going to be the Bengals stealing Perry. uh, I mean, uh, Panay Sewell, uh, the offensive tackle out of Oregon from the Dolphins. You know, this is, uh, and this would be a disaster for, uh, the Dolphins, if the Bengals actually uh, take Sewell, because the Dolphins traded back uh, with the 49ers and then traded up with the Eagles to get to six. If they somehow miss out on Kyle Pitts and Sewell at six, the Dolphins are going to look incredibly foolish. I And it doesn't matter if they end up with uh, Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith. If they miss out on Pitts and Sewell, who are the top two targets they had the entire year heading into this draft, it's going to be a failure. So at six, the Dolphins pick very much depends on what happens at five with the Bengals. And the Bengals uh, and the Falcons could easily bone the Dolphins and, and put them in a bad spot. At seven, you got the Lions. Uh, you know, the Lions have been reportedly trying to trade up to take Jamar Chase. Uh, if they don't get Chase, I, I which pretty much it seems likely that there's not going to be a trade. Uh, I think uh, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama, is going to be the pick here. Uh, and, you know, the, the Lions are a mess. I, I mean, they could draft whoever they want. Like, Detroit's going to be in the garbage bin for a while. So let, let's move on because I, I don't feel like talking about the Lions and all the issues they got. When, when Matthew Stafford says you're not good enough for him, you know you've got issues. Uh, at eight, you got the Panthers. And, uh, you know, before the Darnold trade, uh, this, uh, this was likely going to be a QB pick. Uh, now I could see them... Uh, making some trades to uh, shore up the rest of that roster. Uh, So it should be interesting. At nine, you got the Broncos and another spot where it was going to be QB, but the Broncos made a trade uh, for Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who's on his way out from Carolina because of the Sam Darnold trade with the Jets. And if I'm the Broncos, why am I rushing to take a QB when I'm going to get a steady Eddie QB in Teddy Bridgewater. It doesn't make any sense trying to uh, get another QB unless Justin Fields falls. And if Justin Fields falls ahead of so, so many other guys being mentioned here, I, I you know, I don't know. Like Justin Fields falling uh, in favor of Mac Jones and Trey Lance, to me, is just hilarious. But uh, I mean, it's possible, but it'd be hilarious. Uh, but realistically, at the Broncos at nine, I, I kind of look at it and say, uh, you know, trading back seems to be the most likely uh, play here that they should do. Uh, but, uh, you know, they could go defense. Patrick Sertain, the second, should be going to the Cowboys. Like father, like son, uh, you know, Sertain eventually did play for the Cowboys. He was... Uh, he didn't. Uh, Sertain didn't make his name with the uh, with the Dolphins, though. But uh, you know, Sertain played well at Alabama. The Cowboys need they need cornerbacks in the worst way. 
now, could the Cowboys use offensive line help? Yes, but there's not enough offensive linemen early in this draft to make it work. So I don't necessarily see uh, that that play working out. At 11, my Giants. Oh, what a mess of a roster Dave Gelman has left us. Uh, here's the thing with the Giants. They need to trade this back. They need to trade it back in the worst way. And Gelman likely is just going to pick Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. Here's the problem. I don't think that there's enough there that Smith brings to the table that you aren't already getting with Kenny Galladay being signed in free agency. And the Giants offense is basically screwed as long as the offensive line is bad. You know, Andrew Thomas had a average to mediocre uh, first year playing out of position at left tackle. Jury's still out if he can actually be a starting NFL left tackle. Um, And Tristan Firth's uh, and his rookie year at Tampa proved that he's an all pro right tackle. So, uh, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where the giants missed out on all the good, like they may have actually taken the first tackle, but they may have taken the worst of the bunch because uh, Andrew Thomas may end up looking like a tweener because Bakai Becton had a monster year for the jets on the left side at left tackle. In spite of everyone else on the Jets looking bad on the offensive line, Makai Becton was a monster at left tackle. So, it, you know, the issues Darnold faced was coming up the middle. It wasn't. It wasn't on. Uh, it wasn't from uh, his blind spot. But you know, the Giants need to trade this back and actually start rebuilding that offensive line in the worst way. Because if Daniel Jones has any shot of succeeding, which I doubt, but if there's any shot of it happening. It's got to be with a trade back and building out that offensive line. And, you know, rounding out the top 12, you got the Eagles. And there's a number of ways they could go. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say that it's probably going to be defense for the Eagles. Uh, they haven't drafted defense all that much outside of uh, defensive back. So I think they go linebacker here with... Uh, Makai uh, Parsons out of Penn State. Uh, but the Eagles have so many issues, so many issues that it's really hard to kind of project. And, you know, that kind of rounds out the top 12. Uh, but uh, in terms of other names, you should be taking a look out for uh, later on in the first round. Uh, Rashawn Slater uh, plays all over the offensive line at, in his career at Northwestern. Uh, could play center, could play guard, could play tackle. Uh, the problem is, is that, you know, as I've learned over the years, you know, having tweeners is great in college. If they're still a tweener in the pros, usually it means that they're not all that great at their individual position. So, uh, but someone to keep an eye out for because the Giants could draft them as well. Uh, Zavin Collins, uh, pass rusher out of Tulsa, has been making some noise. Uh, Quiddy Payne, uh, the defensive tackle out of Michigan. Uh, interesting uh, uh, pick that could happen here. And uh, Alicia Vera Tucker, the offensive tackle of USC. Uh, that's another guy in, a, in the top half of the first round 
that could definitely be in play here. So, uh, you know, in terms of the first round, I definitely expect to see at least five QBs go. Uh, you know, we could still see, uh, you know, some randomness uh, go on because uh, uh, obviously we got Mac Mac Jones still being in the mix. So you got Fields, obviously, and uh, you know the Smith fascination with the Jets. I I just can't get over. But you know you c- you're gonna get five QBs in this first round. You could get more. I mean, there's no doubt that these NFL teams are so hyped up for QBs that you could still see another QB draft in the first round somewhere. I just don't see it happening that Kellen makes it into the first round. I, I don't see Kellen making it into the first round, but crazier things have happened uh, because he would be the next guy off my board to go uh, as a QB. So, you know, late first round, you could see someone trade back in if they really like Mond. But uh, outside of that, uh, you know, it's going to be QBs taking the first round again. But, man, there's only one franchise QB that I see being Lawrence and a lot of big question marks. Even Fields, still a lot of question marks. So uh, we'll see how the draft goes. But, uh, you know, there are going to be some very disappointed NFL teams in a couple of months uh, when they start seeing some of these uh, rookies that they uh, that they went for. But uh, that's just my opinion. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. And uh, obviously, as the draft goes along, we'll start recapping it as well. So uh, that's all for now. But uh, have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. 